Greetings and salutations, Galaxians. Welcome to episode number 11 of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. In today's episode, we're going to have some uh, viewer questions and comments. We'll have a quick reselling tip. We'll dive into some reselling news. And of course, we'll have the weekly Galaxy CD's Rocks business recap. Uh, Hope everybody is having a good week out there. Uh, We are going to dive right in. To the viewer slash listener questions and comments, um, Timmy P commented that uh, he's he says you've probably got this on your list of possible topics, but it might be cool to show like a two minute walkthrough of your organization system uh, with something like CDs and books. I'm curious as to if you organize them into bins or shelves. Um, I probably will do that. I, I was commenting to someone the other day that my warehouse areas look like a tornado went through them. They're a little chaotic, but everything is labeled and I know where everything is. So um, I will probably do that maybe in the next couple of weeks. Just give you a, a quick primer on how I organize my stock. Obviously, with something like CDs where I'm dealing with hundreds, if not thousands of them at a time. Uh, they have to be somewhat organized or it's it's going to be murder when you try to find it. And I've talked about that previously. The The hard work that you do up front pays dividends on the back end when you're able to go find an item quickly and easily to get it packed and shipped and on its way. You don't want to spend 20 minutes looking for one $10 CD. It's not a productive use of your time. So spend the time up front and I will Um, Timmy, I will try to do a video in the next couple of weeks to give you kind of a walkthrough of at least how I organize the stuff. I'm a little embarrassed about the look of my stock room. So I may not show you the actual stock room, but I'll definitely show you the theory (laughs) behind what it is I'm doing. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. I I commented in um, the video I did, the the first impressions of eBay managed payments um, about when you're doing listings, sometimes the the ISBN and the UPC on eBay stores information, which is actually ultimately not correct. And there doesn't seem to be a good way to fix it. If you edit one, it deletes the other and vice versa, which is kind of problematic. Um, Alice goes nomad commented. So yeah, I was really irritated by the inaccurate eBay autofill info for some honey. I listed when I used cell similar that had the MPN and eBay item number, the food description section included organic The product I had was not organic, but the company has organic in its name. Some of their other products are are organic, and it's from New Zealand, so probably different labeling regulations. Product has nearly instant sell-through, and I had 12 jars, so I made my own listing. When I Googled the problem and didn't find an answer, I thought about contacting eBay, especially since the term organic is a highly regulated term in the U.S., but never bothered. If I get the honey again, fingers crossed, I may just do that. I've also noticed it on several book listings. One is sold, but several others are still around. It's only been a few months, but I may change their info if, when I ever update those listings. And yeah, that's that's kind of my experience. The autofill, uh, really, I guess in the at, in the end, it doesn't cost you any additional time, but it's kind of annoying. For instance, there is a record label called China Records. And every time I put in my item title that a particular CD is from China Records, eBay's autofill automatically fills in the country of origin or manufacturer as China. That's not right. So I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make that process easier for you. 
Um, but in the end, it's it's so scattershot and it's so marginally accurate at what it's filling in that it's almost not worth having it happen. And the bigger issue, like I said, is the ones that are locked to the ISBN and the UPC, not necessarily the autofills, which are annoying enough on their own, but are fairly easy to change. It's the ones that you're not able to edit at all that can really leave you in a bit of a dilemma, like I said in that video, about which is more important, the the, the actual catalog number, UPC or ISBN, or an accurate description. Um, one of the biggest things I've noticed, particularly with CDs, is that the release dates are probably 90 to 95% of the time, they're off by a year. Uh, if an album was released in 1997, eBay has it attached to that UPC as 1998. If you try to update the year, it deletes the UPC from your listing. And when you go to list it, you get a warning, no UPC added. You go in, you put the UPC in, and it changes the date from what you put back to the 1998. And it's just, it's a really interesting dilemma uh, that I don't have a good answer for, but it's it's very frustrating. Uh, Jessica Michael commented about the, the part of managed payments where she's having some issues. Uh, she has not been paid since the switch. Uh, she set daily payouts. I figured it might take some extra time to process, so I didn't sweat it right away, but I'm still waiting. All of the older payments have finished processing, so not sure what the holdup is. Tried to reach out to eBay, and they told me they'll look into it, but that's about it. Have tried calling again with no luck. When I request a call, it says three-minute wait time, but I've gotten no callback for four days. So, yeah, pretty bummed out so far. Guess it's just a waiting game. Um, those are the kind of stories that we're hearing from people from time to time that I've, I've talked to several folks who have been unable to get their bank accounts properly connected. They continue to get an error, even though it's a valid bank account. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily the problem with this one. This seems like it's more on eBay's end where for some reason they're just not processing her payments. I talked about not particularly being overly concerned about the momentary lag of a few days between the time an item sells and is shipped and the time the money is available. But if you've gone what looks like in her case weeks without getting the money that you're due, that's a real problem. And it not only creates unnecessary stress and drama in your life, but that is a legitimate cash flow issue. Because when you go beyond the scope of a couple of days, uh, most of us, you know, most people in America don't have enough money in their bank account to survive, you know, a big calamity of any sort. And when the source of what little funds you have is cut off because of some sort of error, um, that can be a real problem. So, uh, Jessica, I hope they get that sorted out for you very quickly. Um, Terry Zellers commented, you are slowly converting me. And I must say by this time next year, I will have nothing but CDs, DVDs, books, 45s, LPs, and games. Sound good. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I would advise just doing that. Um, my point in all of this is that, and I, I think I told him the same thing. Media is widely overlooked because I'll, there is a significant portion of it. That's not worth a lot of money. But there are items that are, and if you learn either how to buy them cheaply enough, and that's something I'm going to get into in a minute, um, or identify which ones really are potentially worth some money, there there is certainly money to be made within media. So hopefully I'm not converting you completely to the dark side, but I'm adding more um, 
bullets to your gun, as it were. Uh, P. Diddy T. Tube commented, I love when people pass over books because that means more for me. Went back to a barn sale, told you about a couple of weeks ago, and got another about eight large boxes of books for 60 bucks, all older antique type books. Those are good scores. Um, you know, eight big boxes of books for that kind of price, even if half of them require being lotted up or taken a half price books or donated to Goodwill, your margins are going to be so good on the ones that you do sell that this will be a win for you. It is a little bit labor intensive, but uh, definitely will pay off for you. Uh, Michael Bailey asked, what do you use to ship CDs in to mitigate damage to the jewel cases? So as I've mentioned, um, I had a record store that opened in 2000 and I joined eBay and actually I was selling on Amazon at that time, selling CDs, primarily used and collectible on those platforms. And since that time, I've used bubble mailers. The, I think it's size zero, the six by 10. Almost never have I had an issue. If I have something that's particularly valuable or the customer requests it, I may wrap it with bubble wrap before I put it in the package. If it's a cardboard, like a digipack or something like that, I may put a cardboard stiffener in with it just to help prevent it being bent. Uh, But I could probably count on one hand the number of times over nearly 20 years of off and on shipping CDs and bubble mailers where someone has come back to me and said, hey, this thing showed up cracked. Um, If you're getting decent quality bubble mailers, I think for the most part, those will do the job for you. Let's jump in, speaking of shipping, to a quick reselling tip. I think it's really valuable to organize your shipping area as best you can to be as efficient as possible when you're doing shipping. Much like when you don't want to be spending a lot of time looking around for a product that you just sold, there's no point spending a lot of time looking around for the right kind of packaging to ship the item in. In my case, and I may show this actually in a video in the future, I have all of my, and you can see some of it, it looks like a mess over my shoulder. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, that is all like broken down recycled cardboard that I can use as stiffeners for paperback books and so on. The big box directly behind me, again, sorry for you on the podcast, you can't see this, (laughs) Uh, is full of the most common mailer I use, which is that size zero, six by 10 for CDs and DVDs. There is a table immediately to the right of that, and underneath that are more larger bubble mailers, 12 by 9, 14 by 10, and some of the boxes that I use most frequently. So when I'm shipping all of my items, all of my most used stuff is right there where I can grab it quickly and easily. I'm not having to go to another storeroom to get shipping stuff. I'm not having to guess where things are. Everything is organized kind of in most used to least used so that I can be as efficient as possible. When I'm shipping 10, 15, sometimes 20 orders on a Monday morning, I don't want to spend any more time than I have to looking around for the tools that I need. So all of my shipping supplies, all of my equipment, my bubble wrap, my scissors, my tape guns, all of that is right there easily accessible and ready to use so I can get my shipping done as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. And with that, we're going to take a quick sponsor break 
quick thank you, as always, to Timmy P and to Alice Goes Nomad, who are individual contributors to the channel. I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. And with that, let's take that quick break. News updates. All right, let's get into the news. Uh, the big news this week was from eBay. The 2020 fall seller update came out. Uh, I will link to it in the show notes and in the description of the YouTube video below. If you haven't seen it, it's been blasted all over your Facebook or Facebook. It's probably been on Facebook, <laughs> uh, all over your eBay homepage uh, for the last several days. So you've probably already seen it, but I will link to it nonetheless. There's a ton of of updates in there and I'm not going to try to cover all of them, but I did want to hit a few of the high points. Uh, one of the big ones you can now, uh, there's a new feature called time away. You can hide or keep your listings visible to buyers when you're away with new time away. This functionality replaces vacation settings. And this is the key part is available to all eBay sellers. When you need to take time away from running your eBay business, you can schedule a break using these settings. For fixed price listings, you currently will have two options. You can hide listings from search so that buyers can no longer find and purchase the item, or you can keep listings visible so that buyers can continue to purchase them, but will be notified that you are temporarily away. Uh, the benefits, unlike its predecessor, vacation settings, again, it, this will be available to all sellers. You can hide and resurface your listings in almost real time to reduce any delay to a minimum, which could, of course, negatively impact your business. A new scheduling functionality will enable you to plan ahead and prepare well in advance. Estimated delivery dates and dispatch times will be adjusted when time away is scheduled for active listings. This means your buyers will receive realistic estimated delivery dates automatically without you having to manually change the time yourself. That is huge. If you've got, you know, a bunch of listings in different categories and you don't want to have to go in and adjust your handling time, this is going to take care of that automatically, which is wonderful. Negative feedback related to shipments will automatically be removed when time away is turned on, provided you post any items by the updated estimated delivery date. If you need to take time off unexpectedly, uh, unexpectedly, you can set your time away to start immediately and within a few hours, your estimated delivery date will be extended and your listings will be hidden. If you choose that option, it is important to remember to fulfill any prior selling obligations. So this is, I think this is huge. It will allow you to, you know, if you decide you want to take a quick three-day weekend, very easily go in and either hide or have the handling dates on your items adjusted quickly, easily, and automatically. So I think that's a big win. On the listing and promotion front, they're making some um, adjustments to the Seller Hub performance tab, which will allow you to generate a lot more reports on your business so you can really take a pretty deep dive and evaluate what your business looks like. They are updating some features within Terapeak, which will allow for multi-user access. That begins, I believe, in October. Uh, so that's pretty cool. They are giving us the option to automatically set up and send offers to buyers. And they've made some changes to promoted listings. Uh, probably the biggest one to be aware of is that promoted listings in the future will only be available 
to sellers who are above standard or top rated. So if you are below standard, you'll no longer be able to take advantage of promoted listings. Uh, they don't, I think the, the theory behind this is they don't want the below rated sellers to kind of spam the marketplace with all their listings in promoted fashion unnecessarily to try to a recover their account level um, and b continue to maybe not provide the level of customer service that eBay expects of us. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, like I said, I will link to all that below. It's worth the time to go check out all the changes. Um, it is a pretty massive update that will be rolling out throughout the quarter. So that is all stuff that's coming. Speaking of eBay, uh, the Motley Fool reports eBay founder stepping down from company's board in, quote, reimagining of its business. Uh, Pierre Amadayar will remain chairman emeritus at the company he created, which is basically a symbolic role. Uh, if he is invited, he will be allowed to attend meetings, but he will no longer be a voting member of the board. Uh, this move was accompanied by the departure of Jesse Cohn, also from the board. He is from Elliott Management, uh, which is a hedge fund that revealed in January of 1999, so again, way back, uh, that they had purchased a $1.4 billion stake in eBay. Uh, there were no reasons given for the two resignations, and eBay did say that they weren't related to any disagreements with the company. Uh, that's what they say. These things generally do revolve around some sort of disagreement on strategy or future plans. So th that'll be uh, kind of fascinating to watch what they're going to do. Uh, they are replacing those folks indicating new directors will add significant experience and expertise at a critical time to support the technology-led reimagination of eBay. He did not elaborate. So I'm not, I'm not sure what they're working on there or what their goal is, uh, but uh, big changes on the board at eBay. And lastly, uh, Etsy. Uh, interesting, this is on Yahoo Finance, and for some reason... Etsy is, their stock is dipping more than the broader markets and more than other tech businesses. Etsy closed at 110.57 in the uh, last trading session, which was September 10th, according to this article. Uh, that's down 1.9% just from the prior day. Um, the Dow did lose a little bit that day, but heading into that day, shares of the online crafts marketplace had lost 7.65% over the past month, while the computer and technology sector at large had gained 1.8%. So not sure what's going on with Etsy's stock, uh, but they are certainly struggling. I think I mentioned it was either a week or two ago that there was some speculation that um, the push of Facebook for Facebook Marketplace may be having an effect on uh, outsized effect on Etsy's performance because they rely so heavily on Facebook promotions. So that may be factoring into this, uh, but a pretty, pretty big change in their stock relative to the rest of the business. And now let's talk, speaking of business, about my business, Galaxy CDs Rocks. It was an interesting week. Uh, very disjointed for some reason this week. So we'll start with listings. A little light. I only, only managed to get 180 done this week. So this is the first time in 
probably a couple of months, I fell short of 200. Uh, two reasons for that. Tuesday, if you watch my video on Wednesday, on Tuesday, I spent most of the day picking up a huge lot of books. And I started to list some of those, but that process also involved sorting, which is a little bit slower than just banging out some listings. So that slowed me down a little bit. Friday, I did a dealer trade drive. So I was out of the office for about half the day. I got home. I started to do some listings and my good friend Gwen, who has the estate sales, sent me a text, said, I'm closing up a sale. If you can be here by four o'clock, all of the books, all of the DVDs and all of the CDs are yours free. Needless to say, <laughs> I loaded up some tubs in the car and headed out to that sale to pick up all that stuff. So listings were a little light, but sourcing was actually really strong this week. Again, if you caught my video on Wednesday, I picked up a little over a thousand items for $75. Uh, this second score on Friday was a little over 200 pieces for absolutely free. So for the week, uh, over 1200 pieces of inventory for $75. I've already listed probably close to six or eight hundred dollars worth of stuff from those. Um, both of them, there's a lot of a lot of chaff in there with the wheat. Uh, there's some stuff that's probably not very good, but at that price, other than the space and the sorting time, um, how do you go wrong? Those are really really good scores. So pretty happy with that. But it did kind of mess with my week a little bit in terms of sales. It was actually back to almost quote unquote normal for sales for the week 135178 so back over the $1300 mark was very pleased with that uh cost of goods sold for the week 7691 which was a little higher than normal I'll talk about that here in a second so the total gross profit was 1274 and 87 cents or 94.31% if you've been keeping score at home for the last month or so that number has been in the 96s um, I sold a big lot of um, Skylander figures that I had acquired at a loss just to get rid of them it was a bad buy I lotted them up and I sold them probably a little bit below what I had in them so that was a net loss on those and I did sell one wholesale lot of CDs which I'm doing those pretty cheap I think I mentioned those a couple of weeks ago it's 30 CDs for $19.99 with free shipping. So that was not the kind of normal margin I'm making on CDs. So those those two things combined to kind of drag the gross margin down. I also sold a few items in the past week that are not the normal super high margin. I sold a couple of shirts. I sold a couple of hats that are, they're good, but they're not in that 90 plus range. So overall, very pleased with that. Operating expenses for the week totaled $509.57. This week was a little bit weird because I transitioned to manage payments Tuesday morning. So I've got two and a half days roughly of the old system where the eBay fees were not coming off on a daily basis. And then I've got the rest of the week where they were. So starting next week, pretty much everything that revolved around PayPal should be under the bridge, I've got one pending return that I need to deal with that will probably go on PayPal. I have, I think, one unpaid item still that I mentioned the other day. I think it's probably going to go unpaid, so I won't have to worry about that. So I should have transitioned completely out of PayPal and into managed payments for this coming week. Um, 
So this week has some of the updated accounting practices in it, but nonetheless, net profit for the week ended up 56.61%, which is again, very good. My target, as we've talked about previously, is 50%. So 7.65 and 30 cents, not quite where I wanted it. That Two things really conspired there. Um, the added expense of the eBay fees coming out for the second two thirds of the week and a little bit less gross margin for the week. So those two things were conspiring to hold the net profit dollars down. Uh, but overall, very pleased with the business this week. Uh, let me know in comments how your business is. Are you ramping up for Q4? Um, but the stuff that I sell typically is not big, necessarily Christmas items. I expect this year, because of the pandemic, that that may be a little different. There may be people looking for more unusual, kind of older, antique-type items. So I'm a little interested to see how Q4 goes. But let me know in comments if you're gearing up for Q4, if you're doing anything different with your strategy. And with that, you have been listening to the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys.